You're listening to Pulse Radio. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, host of Pulse Radio, in the building to give you your NBA update. And I have a bone to pick with basketball right now, and it's not with a player or an executive or coaches. It's with just the world in general because injuries and COVID are ruining the NBA. Kevin Durant's out four to six weeks with a knee sprain. Draymond Green is out with calf tightness. We want to see Clay and Steph and Dre on the court together. Zach Levine, the Bulls are the number one seed in the East. He's out indefinitely with a knee injury. Paul George is going to be out longer. He might even come back this year because Kawhi is out. And then Damian Lillard is out for six to eight weeks with abdominal surgery recovery. Why are you doing this to my sports, God? Why? Why are you doing this to my favorite sport in a year that was going to be super duper lit? But I'll tell you one thing though, with the Nets who lost on MLK Day to the Cavaliers, the Cavaliers are no slouch, but when you have Kyrie Irving and James Harden, you expect a little bit more, but Kyrie Irving's vaccination status is going to be back in the news. Because Kevin Durant being out four to six weeks, the fact that you're gonna have a couple of road games more than usual, and you have those home games, you play some really tough opponents, you play the Lakers, you play a couple of contending teams. Kyrie's vaccination status is going to be a key conversation in those losses. And he's nowhere near getting vaccinated. So I don't know what's gonna become of the Nets. And then James Harden said he's reportedly reportedly said that he's open to relocation this offseason. What does that mean? Does that mean he's going to, to Philadelphia? Does that mean he might go to Atlanta? I don't know. But we need to look at that because with the Nets, it's looking really crazy right now. But Frank Vogel's on the coaching hot seat, and we found this out right after they beat the Jazz, who were a contending team in the West. I think that the Lakers just need Anthony Davis to come back. Frank Vogel started to make some better lineup decisions, but I just don't like the fact that Frank Vogel is getting thrown under the bus when we've seen glimpses of good from him. I think that the front office, LeBron and the star players, and Frank Vogel moving forward, if this is going to work and they're going to contend for more championships in the future, they have to be on one accord because clearly the rust trade threw things in disarray and the priority to try to get scoring around LeBron, AD, and Russ and older players, it just simply didn't work out. And that, that's just simply not Frank's philosophy. He likes hustle guys. All right, so two games to watch. Memphis versus Milwaukee, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's not a national game. ESPN would rather have the Nuggets and the Clippers. If I was Adam Silver, I would have delayed Memphis and Milwaukee. I would have delayed that game of how they did the Bulls and the Nets. I would have delayed that to 10 p.m. That would have been my national game. Jaws prime time. That man might mess around and win MVP. And Giannis is Giannis, the world champs. That's going to be an amazing game. And the second game of the weekend that you need to watch is the Lakers versus the Heat. Because according to these reports, that might be Frank Vogel's last game. Jimmy Butler's back. Bam is back. The Heat have been rolling. They've been contending even without their star players. So if the Lakers don't show up, that might be the one where Frank Vogel gets off that hot seat and he gets pushed just off the mountain entirely. So make sure you stay tuned for that and stay tuned for the rest of the Post Radio because we have a lot of interesting conversations coming up. Listening to Pulse Radio. 
what's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Pulse Radio, in the building for another sports edition of the show on today. NFL playoffs, a lot going on in the sports world, but it wasn't really too much going on in the NFL. It was very boring. I'm not going to hold you. And we're not going to talk about it for the for the most part of the episode, but just know we will get back to the sports at the end. We're going to talk a little bit about media, and we have Ariel, media extraordinaire in the building. How you doing today? I wouldn't say the media extraordinaire, but I'm doing good. How are you? You went to North Carolina A and T. All of y'all are extraordinaires at everything. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> at everything, like everything, winning in life. But we have to start with this though. Speaking of HBCUs, so we have to show our love to Stephen A. Smith, like someone that really inspired me. The reason why I'm even doing this, um, he had a near fatal bout with COVID. Um, if you all remember, he announced um, around I would say mid December on the show on first take um, that he had COVID and he was doing the show from home. Um, that's the one he, where he talked more about Kyrie Irving and that, that different drama. Um, and then he disappeared for a little minute and he popped back up during the Christmas NBA games. And he was once again, virtual. Uh, so we didn't see him for a minute. He wasn't back on first take. We know that Christmas break, normally they take breaks, but new year's came around. He still wasn't back. He popped back up for the NBA coverage, talked about the Knicks and, and Cam Reddish, all of that last week. But then once again, he disappeared. So he came back this week and he said that, honestly, he didn't know if he'd make it and the vaccine saved his life. And this is his experience, all right? He had a 103-degree fever every night, woke up in, pool, in pools of sweat, and he had pneumonia in both lungs and liver problems. So I know the vaccine and all of that, that's a divisive issue. But Stephen A. said the vaccine saved his life, and that's what doctors told him. So I'm just saying, make your own decision, but we got to get over this pandemic somehow, Aria, but I, I, I don't know if we ever will. I'm, it's, I don't know at this point. I mean, I want to get over it. I'm tired of being stuck inside. It's it's crazy. And then when you think about, like, personal experiences and, like, your friends, like, the vaccine really does save people. Like, the symptoms that you're supposed to have, how it's really supposed to take you out. Like, just looking at Stephen A. Smith, and then you know, of course, it affects older people. And then weeks before that, he had just had surgery to cover his sleep apnea. So if you take that and then you get COVID and all this stuff that was supposed to happen to you, then yes, he was really supposed to die. So I think this is just a time, like, if, you, if you're if you a sports fan and if you love Stephen A., and especially as an HBCU student and you went to Winston, like how he went to Winston, and he's an impact for you, and like you're somebody in his age and you need to take this seriously. Like everybody doesn't have the immune system. Everybody isn't as blessed as you to not have it or to survive it and make it through without anything happening. There are still people that lost their sense of smell. They can't taste like they used to anymore. They can't breathe like they used to anymore because he's still trying to recover. Like having something in your lungs is tough. It affects everything. So I, I hope people kind of take this seriously or they're just like, well, well, what would the world be without Stephen A? And obviously the vaccine was like, well, not yet because y'all right. still need him. And and I wanted to say, so you said a great point. We're going to move on in a second. But um, touching on basketball a bit, Jason Tatum, who was a basketball player, very healthy. He's like 23 years old. Last year, he had to have an inhaler on the sideline when he had COVID. Fully healthy. Like, you look at Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum running down the court. He plays a real fast pace, ran a basketball, very athletic. It was points in time. I think we even saw him in a couple of games. He'll be on the sideline taking an inhaler. 
So this is not a game, guys. I I, I really don't know, to be honest. And I, I want to lighten up the mood, but COVID, I just don't know where, where we go from here. But I'm glad Stephen A is, you know, well. Uh, he inspired me a lot from about 2008, 2009. I will never forget um, the, the, the meme now, but I watched that. It wasn't live, but I woke up, Ariel, and it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. And this is when the Lakers traded – for um for Paul Gasol and they traded like Marcus Gasol who we didn't know who he was and they traded Kwame Brown and then and, and, and then like the guy said uh, he he was like do you think the Lakers gave up too much to get Paul Gasol he was like he's like that a trick question you gave up Kwame Brown who cares <laughs> like, that was that was when I was like that is my dog now we know what happened later on Kwame was like nah nah I got time today okay and it got a little bit crazy but that moment was like I gotta do this for a living i was like i don't i might not do that okay but at the same time it's like him he, he made it look fun he's like like, like, like he's like yeah the, the lakers we throwing a parade already they only got a win championship it's for a parade so shout out to Stephen a smith but let's talk about the media more like let, let, let's get in some more of a lighter mood all right so we had boring football games all right let's go on and just recap them the Bengals defeated the Raiders 26-19. That might not have been that boring to Ariel because you want to see the Raiders lose. Um, the Bills <laughs> defeated the Patriots 47-17. Just slaughtered them. They had no chance. Matt Jones did not have a good game. Um, you're talking about empty stats. Like, them two touchdowns at, at the end of the game. Empty. Very much empty calories. Buccaneers defeated the Eagles 31-15. Chiefs defeated the Steelers 42-21. The Rams defeated the Cardinals 34-11. But... Clearly, the game of the weekend was the 49ers defeating the Cowboys 23-17. to was not a close game at the start. The 49ers clearly had the advantage, but Jimmy Garoppolo started Garoppoloing, all right? And then the Dallas Cowboys started to come back, and then you had a couple controversial calls that we will talk about uh, later on in the show. But I want to focus on the broadcasting angle, all right? I watched the Nickelodeon game, Mario, and I, and I, I told you about it. I sent you screenshots. And yeah. I, I was I was excited, but also nervous because I thought that I was going to get SpongeBob down. I thought there was going to just be super kitty. I was like, I'm not at this point in my life anymore. Like, and I, I really like Tony Romo. People were going in on Romo. I really like Tony Romo on how he breaks down the game because he's very knowledgeable from a quarterback position. But I actually enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the Nickelodeon broadcast because I think you have the right people on it. You have Noah Eagle, who is from that Eagle family. Iron Eagle is the OG. Noah's coming up. Noah does the Clippers game sometimes because they have like a, ro- a great rotating panel of broadcasters for the Clippers games. He, of course, he does the NFL games as well with his dad. Um, and he was great as a play-by-play guy. N- like Nate Burleson, so cool. Great at breaking the game down and just really simplifying and having a good time. The young lady that was with them, she's from that girl, Lele. I forgot her name. But she was forgettable. Like, I forgot she I was think, there. Yeah, I think you wanted to forget. Like, she, she was forgettable. Like I, for, I forgot she was there. Like, when the game started getting good, like, when the Cowboys scored that touchdown and made it where it was okay, it's getting close, like, that girl got quiet. She was, like, literally, it was almost like she was there. It's was, it was like, like, they were in a living room, and you had, like, you know, your uncle's watching the game, and then she's asking, hey, so what does a wide receiver do? Like, <laughs> that's literally how it was going. So, so, so what does that penalty flag mean? You know, like, she started really getting invested in the game. But I, it wasn't as bad as last year. Like, I think they tried to go over the top to make sure it was kiddie. 
But I think that what the Nickelodeon broadcast was, Ario, it was more of a alternate broadcast. It just simply was alternate. It was just, hey, this is primarily geared towards kids. We're going to show Patrick when they, you know, try to go for a field goal. We're going to have the slime cannon when they score a touchdown. We're going to have the slime monster pop up just randomly. But it was a, it was a football broadcast. And then when the game got good, they started commentating the game like they on CBS, to be honest. So I think that what this Nickelodeon broadcast is ushering in, it is ushering in an era of choice for your broadcasting experience because everyone can't go to the game. So you have a choice of what you want to experience. I think with the Manning cast, that's an example. I think that we might be moving towards, and Amazon might introduce it, we might be moving towards a no broadcast field where you're literally listening to the sounds of the game. I can see that coming. I think people have tried to do it. If I'm not mistaken, the Georgia-Alabama game of 2018, I believe for a second, I don't think that was on purpose, they did that. Because when I started watching it, I was out doing something in Fort Valley. I came back. I didn't hear any, any announcements. I heard, like, whistles and the crowd and all because that. Because they were being beat so bad, you weren't going to hear anything. There wasn't nothing to talk about. <laughs> Hilarious. Like, like, I, I wasn't saying it because of that. <laughs> but that was, that was, that was Ariana said that. But, like, I think that that's going to be an experience. I think, of course, those kids' games, I would love to see Disney answer and do something maybe on Disney Channel. I would love to maybe see that, or maybe I won't. Um, and then the Scouts feed, they have the Scouts feed on Amazon. So I think that you're seeing a diversification of experiences where you don't have to hear Romo if you don't want to hear Romo. Because a lot of folks a lot of folks were going in on Romo because they said he was being biased against the Cowboys. So I think what we're seeing is a new era of media where it's like a diversification, where it's different ways to experience the game. But what do you think, Ariel? Like, you, know, you, you watched a little bit of the Nick broadcast. You hate the Manning cast. Like, what, what do you think is going on in the media with the diversification of it? I don't specifically hate the Manning cast. I just feel like just being a multimedia student myself and a production, like, person like I produce a couple of things I just feel like it could be a little better and it can be said a little better but due to the restraints of COVID it is okay they have been doing better when it just comes to connection wise because I hate used to go in and out and just the quality and how everything is set up and written I do wish they still had better special guests it would make the broadcast so much better but who wants who doesn't want to hear Peyton Manning one of the greatest quarterbacks that we have ever seen in my time besides you know a couple of people but just he was really the quarterback um not a lot of people know this he was really the quarterback that introduced me that made me love sports not just because he was a winning quarterback but he really knew what he was doing and how he orchestrated his team made me happy no no shade to my Falcons. I still love my Falcons. They made me a diehard fan and what it means to really love the sport when you can't win. But, oh. like, <laughs> hey, hey, man, it was, like, he he was really my sports hero. He was the person besides other factors that was just, like, if you want to do this, this is how you need to do it. So to see him, you know, come out of doing all his commercials, kind of cut him out of retirement because Payne Man just can't sit out. To do this with his brother, who's also another heir besides Archman and I used to be in the game before them, and their younger cousin, I think it's their younger cousin that is trying to come up, and he's about to be a next QB prospect. Like, it's great to kind of see them all in there. And then, what? So, like, I'm a big kid. But when it comes to my sports, 
I'm gonna watch it on the big girls TV. I don't like all that distraction. You know, the slime was cool. They did show like bits and pieces during the CBS broadcast of like, we're doing our Disney pro- broadcast on this other station. And they did the field goal where SpongeBob, you was telling me yesterday because I saw like, he looked grumpy. And then when he made the field goal, like he was all happy and then like slime busted out of the cannon. Like that was really cool. But listen, if I had to sit there, I listened to that little girl, like how you was telling me she was being disrespectful. She was called in by their first names. And then, like, you keep asking me, what is that penalty? What is a wide receiver? Like, girl, you just don't shut up and watch the game. But I understand it is a kid's, it's a kid's television. I do, I do like, and I can see where you're coming from. It's opened up different avenues. It's opened up, opening up different ways that we can watch the game. And I think some people want that. Some people want more commentary than they just want a broadcast. Some people want more broadcast than they want commentary commentary some people like me need to be introduced to the sport to break it down and you know hey this is something i really want to do with my life so uh disney maybe i don't know does disney really need anything else but a nickelodeon or disney broadcast is the way to do it but i am afraid that when you start putting all these things in there you get away from what sports really are it's just people playing the game and the excitement you don't want to add too many elements in it where it becomes what sports is kind of is now is more political than it just being sports or is more opinion based than just being sports like sports is sports you don't want to water it down with everything until there's nothing left and you can't do anything else with it i totally agree and i want to just say here it's two things um the first thing is that the ratings were massive for the simulcast on cbs and also nickelodeon um it was being reported that it had 41 million viewers across both CBS and Nickelodeon, making wow. it the second most watched television program on any network since last year's Super Bowl, which was also broadcast on CBS. So CBS is bringing in a lot of ad money, okay? And yes. I, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, because they don't have a singular number for Nickelodeon. Like, I, I don't like, like, okay, so no, I see it, I see it, okay. So, okay, here's the thing, Aria. It went down to it was 2 million last year, now it was 133 million, a 35% dip from last year. Okay, so I'm throwing you an audible. I'm a, we, we're going to do an audible. What do you think? Do you think that maybe the novelty wore off and it was a one-hit wonder? Because that's a very precipitous drop. That's 35%. Like from that, from that, that boring game last year with uh, the Bears and, uh, and um, the, um, the, the Saints, and then now you have a better game but do, and also I want to say this too. Do, do you think that maybe because it was such an intense game and it was the Cowboys, they were like, "We're not watching Nickelodeon. We watch CBS." <laughs> what do you think? Is it went now? I mean, that is a big factor because last year's game was terrible, and that's probably why they didn't get as much notoriety, or I really didn't hear about it because I know there was a game last year that you have. This kind of good game that we were hoping throughout all the weekend because everybody was being blown out for some odd reason. It's like you had six good matchups and then everything ended in a blowout except for the Dallas Cowboys or the 49ers. So you got it from a viewer's perspective. I need that. But also just because it's such a good game and there are so many things that we're about to talk about why it was a good game that I just want to sit there and watch the game just like me. I don't I don't have time for a little girl to be like, what just happened? Or like, 
oh, what's going on? Or like, well, why didn't you get the ball spiked off? Little girl, you just need to watch. We can explain everything later. We can talk about it later. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that went into why it went down. But I think that when it gets into a good game, you don't have time for your kids. Like, when you get a job and, you know, you're trying to eat or you're tired, you don't have time for your kids. You just need your kids to be grown and do it yourself. No, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so I'm going to th- have another audible here. So I want to read off. And shout out to Sports Media Watch. Shout out to them. Yeah. So, like, and these are just numbers. So the Eagles Buccaneers had uh, 30 million viewers on Fox, most watched wildcard game since Panthers Saints in 2018. Um, and uh, that's surprising. That was sort of surprising to me. I guess the Tom Brady factor. Um, yeah. The Steelers and Chiefs, 28 million. That's shocking because that game was pretty boring. Uh, well, Patri- look, you know, you have been, this is technically his last, like, he's done. He's about to retire. You know, just like, you know, I would, you know, be surprised if they retired the jersey. Nobody can wear the number no more. You know, he's he's yeah. bound for whatever he's about to do. That's that's true. It, it, it's just, m- maybe it's because I'm turning into, I think, a better NFL fan. And I appreciate NFL more. But I, I would just, I would just expect that, like, because I would love to see the, I would love to see the, hourly moment so if it came on at at eight at 8 20 yeah was it the same was it 28 million people at 10 20 when it's the fourth quarter and up like 42 to 21 you know what i'm saying like when it's just basically garbage minutes you know you know what i'm saying like like is it is it that same amount you know it's it, like they're coordinating ben ross might be his last game is it the same amount of people that's watching that because it was, I don't think it was like an equivalent for the NBA, nor was there like a big Sunday thing going on, like a watch or something. So it wasn't anything that would take away from it. Patriots Bills actually twenty six million, um, wow. and it went up fifteen percent in ratings and twenty three percent in viewership from the Tampa Bay Washington game. Which, if I'm not mistaken, that that, that Tampa Bay Washington game was a better game, wasn't it? Wasn't it a better game? It, uh, yeah. Like, well, are they still Washington? Did we did we ever figure out? Have they named? They were supposed to name <laughs> the logo for this week. That's a whole other topic. I'll, Davin, oh, Davin. I, I, like like I think as we're recording this, they haven't named them yet. But I think now it's very interesting. Raiders, Raiders, Bengals. Um, they got twenty seven million. So the NFL man ratings monster. They they're just going up. Um, so I I, I was going to ask you the question because I said this is audible. I was going to ask you the question based on what sports media watch polls on their podcast. Are NFL playoff loss affecting the ratings? But doesn't really seem like it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's like I love football so much. I'm a I'm a watch Mac Jones get beat by like 50 points. Like I just love I love it so much. Like, <laughs> like it's just the crazy fact. I think it's like the surprise fact that you give us the surprise was there was so many good games at once and we got it all in one weekend. And on a Monday, like you know NFL fans were excited to have a wild card playoff game on a yeah. Monday. Like we get a whole weekend full of football and i'm just waiting for a saturday to come to just be like can you hurry up i'm trying to see who's gonna be there february 13th but that i think that's the only reason that you can consider and then you know the media did so well if you kind of think about it hyping up certain quarterbacks and players this season like tom brady being father time right now and then you have the bills coming off of that cinderella season and they're starting to do it again you had the Steelers, and now you got a quarterback that's no longer with you. You got the Cardinals that started off 7-0, well, 8-0. They technically did get to 8-0, and then they lost the game and had a losing streak. Then you got the Chiefs are still trying to battle for the crown and be the next heir to Tom Brady's technically Eagles, not technically the Buccaneers. He just went and got a ring with another team, but he's just, he embelled his legacy 
all at the same time. You have the Raiders who just lost John Gruden. So many stories behind that, I think, that contributes to some of their ratings. And like I said, the surprise factor of, wow, so many good teams. However, the games, besides the Cowboys, were just trash. Yeah, and and granted, I did not forget um, the Monday night football ratings for that wild card game. Um, as of the moment we're recording this, ESPN has not released those, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be getting within not the next few hours um, the ratings for the Manning cast and also the regular broadcast, which they did have, they did have it on ABC. We will not yeah. be getting the ESPN Plus numbers. They had on ESPN Plus, but they're not going to show us that. Which is a real that's that's real slick though. It's like, hey, we got our own app. We don't got to show you. That's private information, sir. Like you know what I'm saying? They don't got they don't got to show us that. Like like, hey, it's supposed to raise money. No, you don't got to know. There might be one person watching, and it's they stay it's their family. Just one person. Like no, you don't got to know that. Yeah, like, <laughs> because ESPN Plus, when you don't got that bundle, it's a little, it's a little coin picking. Just just a little bit. If you if you want to watch HBCU games, you'll get it. Tell that that's what I that, that's that's the rationale for me. Honestly, yeah, they see, see, and that's what they see. They they do it all the time, yeah. do it all the time in the black community. Oh, we need them. Let's go throw that HCU in there. But I, even thinking, and I'm move, on, I'm gonna move on. But it's just, just in general, like, how do we get people to watch and download our app? We're gonna get you these specialized games. Like, we're gonna get you these these D two schools. We're gonna get you, you know, these HBCUs. We're gonna get you know some Miac and, and Swat. Get the Deion Sanders games. A lot of those games were on ESPN Plus. Surprisingly. I'll, I'll think, I think a few of them made it up to ESPN2. And, and like, of course, the Celebration Bowl was on ABC. But, like, you know, that that's sort of the allure. And even with the Nickelodeon move, is, like, I wonder if Nickelodeon and the Nickelodeon brass and, of course, Viacom, CBS, and NFL, how do they feel about that 35% drop? Are you encouraged by it because it was still 1 million people and you still sold your ad inventory? Were you encouraged that across both? Because, mind you, y'all got to realize the game they're playing, Ariel. The fact I had to search for the Nickelodeon numbers, they tried to do a, a word game. They tried to do a Jedi mind trick. They said, oh, across CBS and Nickelodeon, it averaged 41 million people. Oh, that's great. But was it was it 40.5 million <laughs> for CBS and, and 500,000 for Nickelodeon? Because that matters. That that matters. That that tells me. Listen, little girl from that girl Lele, you're canceled. Go go back to that girl Lele. <laughs> like, go back over there with Lele. Okay, you know, like, go, go play with your imaginary friend because Lele is. I thought Lele Lele was not a real person. Okay, she that's her imaginary friend. All right, and I think oh. like I've not seen the show. I think that's either Tyler Perry or Will Packard's show. But Lele is an imaginary friend. Are you? I learned that. <laughs> watching the game on Nickelodeon. She she's not real. Okay, but uh I want to say this too before before we move on. You said that Peyton Manning in introduced you to football. So this is what I remember with Tom Brady with, with, with my child. Did you hear this this commercial? That's the one I remember. When I'm watching Nickelodeon back in the day, Nickelodeon, that's what I remember. <laughs> like, like, because, I, and I think everyone that watched that commercial, I, and, and I was always a basketball fan, and I think it was because I didn't really hop on the Madden wave like everybody else did. I was a 2K guy. So I think video games sort of like gets you over, you know, to, to, to getting interested in actual sport. That's what it did for me with NBA. But like, I actually wanted to go throw a football. I, was, I sucked at it. I was, I was horrible at it. But I, I was throwing that football, man, man. It, it, it didn't even make an inch off the ground. I said, "Ah," oh, and then you go. Tell you, man. So, pay man, and you, you, you inspired me too, sir. Okay, but not more than, not more than Michael Vick. Not more than Michael Vick. Anyway, moving uh, on. Yeah. <laughs> 
moving on. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about media. So I think that this conversation that we just had about ratings, about the diversification of media and the different mediums that you can receive the experience. I believe that this is a great conversation to have about athletes that are broadcasters, that are presenters that you see predominate these shows. Like Nate Burleson is a former NFL player, albeit him and Michael Strahan and Shannon Sharp. They are great at what they do. They are great in their crossover and that they built great media careers. Same thing with Charles Barkley, who's like the OG of this thing, but are they taking away jobs from journalists? Now, I try my best to compile a list of people that are like journalists that have prominent roles in shows. And I wanted to limit it a bit, Aria, because I didn't want to do just the folks that host the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, but even though I have Alika and, and Maria Taylor on here, I'm, I'm Lika Andrews and Maria Taylor, I only could come up with Stephen A. Smith, Mike Wilbon, Skip Bayless, who surprisingly, he was a journalist. He was a journalist back in the day. You have Nick Wright, who was it? He was a journalist. He was a radio guy, but he has a journalism degree. So that counts to me. Chris Roussard, journalist guy, Malika and Maria. Those are the only names I could think of. But then when you think about the 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 the, the sports media favorites, the folks that you know like ESPN and TNT and CBS and Fox and and on and NBC, they tend to put out there Drew Brees, Kendrick Perkins, Michael Irvin, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, Shannon Sharp. Like you know, you got you got your folks on on, on Fox. You know, you have your former coach, you know what I'm saying, on, on Fox. So, like, the question is, my first question is, do you think that these former athletes are taking opportunities for us? I'm going to personalize it. Do you think they're taking our opportunities? In some senses, you can say that, then it's, then it's yeah, because this list is so short when you think about, um, and not even thinking about them being, like, college athletes, but, like, people, because half of these, half of the people that are on this list were college athletes, including what you shot me with, Stephen A. Smith, yep. that shot the mess out of me, but they're dedicated journalists, and then it's like, okay, well, if this list is so small, imagine the list would be even smaller if you really had the time to look for people, and then you also have to think about it from an other sense, because, you know me, I, I don't really like the bias, and I have to be open, and I have to be you know, factual, you would love to see the greats broadcast. I would, like, watching Shaquille O'Neal, I love it. Watching Peyton Manning, I freaking love it. Watching Nate Burleson, I love him too. He's one of my favorites as well. That kind of encouraged me in the way I talk and report and how I see things. Watching him, it makes me happy too. Watching Troy Aikman sometimes, it makes me happy too. So when you see all these greats, Come in. even when Brett Favre showed up on the Peyton Manning broadcast, just to hear his mind as a quarterback, I freaking love it. However, what's the point of studying and working so hard if somebody with the legacy is going to come take my job? Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Like, I don't, it's always fun to hear somebody that's great at what they do. Because we were just talking about it. If Tom Brady ever came off that field, the ratings, wherever he goes, is going to skyrocket probably for the next five years, maybe to a decade, because it's freaking Tom Brady. And if Grunt came off the field, add that to a plus one. But Well, well we sort of saw what, what Grunt going off the field looked like, because he was with Fox for a second. It wasn't that big of a splash. Put the right person with them. He'll be okay. Okay, so, so you think maybe a Manning cast would have been better instead of him joining that Fox crew? Yeah. Because, you know, it's not like... He's not like Greg Olsen. 
like I, I you know Greg Olsen is really committed to what he does or like committed to people really learning and seeing from his side of what he does he's not like Tony Romo you know seeing like you just seeing the career that he had and how he really had to establish himself and now that he's coming out and being probably one of the best broadcasters that we are kind of seeing and hearing it's like okay but that's like somebody like me especially as a woman not to just you know Made people feel like, oh, well, of course, yeah, I have to take the one perspective. He only named two people off of this list that didn't necessarily play professional sports. Taylor played basketball, and she played a little bit of volleyball while at UGA. Malika is just a writer, but Taylor Rooks don't even really know if she played anything or whatever. Her family's just in there. But you have these journalism women that are trying to fit into these masculated roles because that's what they are. A lot of men do sports. A lot of men commentate. A lot of men do sideline reporting besides now. But see that list to grow smaller, just starting to grow, but you still have all these legacies coming off the field, like Drew Brees. He's a great commentator, by the way. I love him as well. But it's like, what is there for us to do? Because personally, sideline reporting is cool. I love giving you updated news. I love talking to the coaches before. But that's not really how I want to represent my skills yeah. because most of the time I'm going to be here like yeah we had an injury report he's on the side I'll get back to you blah 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 I'm not able to talk like Joe Buck and Troy Aitner I'm not really to do able to do the halftime who we just see Maria Taylor kind of enter because of her new contract I'm not able to do maybe a pregame like how I really want to do so it's kind of like I'm limited if they keep bringing people off the field and I, I think that's an interesting point because when I look at anything I know that I go back to basketball, but there's an equivalent. So the NBA has the WNBA. There's no football equivalent of that. Where it's a it's a woman's football association. Unless I'm unless I'm I'm I just am ignorant to it. Like where it's like, hey, I can pluck Sue Bird and make her the studio person of NBA TV, or I can get Candace Candace Parker who just won a championship, and now she's calling those games with with, with Isaiah Thomas, and they doing pranks and all that. They, they, I don't think one of those games um, last week, they, 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 she lost a bet, and they hung her shoe up on the goal. Like, different, like, you know, sort of like, like the Turner custom. Like, I don't, I don't, there's not a football equivalent of that where you can pluck a professional, a women's, a women's professional basketball player and put her in that role. Or like Shanae on, 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 on NBA Today with ESPN. And she, and her and Malika, they were there with Jalen Rose and Mike Wilbon talking about the game a couple weeks ago when, when Stephen A was sick. And I think Mike Green might, might have taken off. So, you know, I think that's a lot of the problem with the NFL. Even with, like, think about the coaching thing too. This just popped in my mind. Like, look at it when it comes to coaching, right? I feel like basketball is a more inclusive sport of African-Americans. I think that with Definitely. NFL, yeah, you have top players that are that are black. But, like, the NBA is more inclusive of African-Americans. You have HBCU-educated executives. You, you have black coaches. You know what I'm saying? You, you, have, you have folks that are stakeholders that are black. We only have one football coach in the NFL that's black. You have no women that are in that broadcast booth. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then even look at ESPN for college football. Like, in the Celebration Bowl, we're HBCU students. In the Celebration Bowl, you you probably didn't see a lot of them on TV because you were there probably cheering on the, cheering on the Aggies. But at the same time, I'm, I'm at home. You got Mark Jones. You had, you had a white guy. I forgot the white guy's name before they brought in uh, my boy um, uh, um, uh, RG3. But, like, they had, they, had, they had Mark Jones, like, white guy, and they had Jay Walker. Tiffany Green deserved to be in that booth. And for them big games, she wasn't there. So I want to ask this. So 
do you think female journalists have a shot in that way? And more so the NFL, because I think the NBA is great within their representation. So do you think the NFL has a shot of having a Tiffany Green that's calling like like, like the main broadcast on ABC for the NFL? No. Oh no, no. I I personally think like, do you know how much controversy there was to get a female referee on the field? And the controversy that happened after that, even though it was college to have a female kicker, it is still implemented in a lot of people's minds that women do not belong in sports, specifically football. Just I field-wise, of course, it's strength, but off the field, they're probably like strength-wise too, they probably won't be able to understand, especially with all the rule changes that are happening everything that is like commandeering against us is kind of like, well, we're going to make it so hard. We don't want them in there unless they're reporting on the sidelines or a halftime game. Cause all we really were doing is just reviewing and revisiting news that has already happened. It's not like we have to have a personal opinion. And if we do have a personal opinion, I'm not expected to say it. I'm expected to toss it off to Drew Brees and he's going to analyze it because he's a professional. He's the championship winning quarterback. He's the one that really knows and so I like what has happened. I like seeing Maria. I like seeing my old girl. And I know I'm forgetting her. I can't remember her name. Um, that has done some of the halftime reports downstairs. Um, she's mostly on um, Fox when she does do it. Uh, um, I do love- she went to fit. Like, like, are you talking about Pam Oliver? No. Not her. Okay. She's actually white. <laughs> no, this lady, this lady is white. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of who. I, I, can't, I, I can't think of who. Like, cause they, yeah, they, they, they because, because see, see the, she's, she's got her work too. see the description of white that, 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 that took me out. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not playing the game no more. I'm not playing charades no more. Okay. Cause you oh, said, you said, no, you said no, white. No. It's like, she's, it's like, I can, I can't like, I can name you all the white people. I probably still want to miss the person you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And we're not, we're not talking about Aaron Andrews. Cause Aaron Andrews does, you know, she flips back and forth between NBA and she's to between football, but between her and seeing Lisa Salters and Pam Oliver, that's that's where they belong. And I'm great that those women of color, besides them being women, those women of color are out there. But I would love a more inclusive role. But they're they're not ready for that. Imagine a female commentator on a sports game, not, you know, and I don't want this to sound so rude or like I'm trying to be like a butt or anything. But imagine a female commentator during that 49ers and Cowboys game. If she didn't come correctly, being a breaking woman out in that sports, that would have ended terribly for her. And we would have been talking about her right now. Like, like how they were talking about that young lady on, on the Nick broadcast. Yep. I, I see. Is that what, but that, but that, that, that was a kid though. She, 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 she was there because you can't just have Nate and no, well, in, in the minds of Nickelodeon executives, which I wonder how these executives really think in their minds, you got to put young Dylan on the sideline, which he did a good job. Um, like a good enough job of what he could do. Um, but like you, you have the young lady from, from, from that girl, Lele, um, that was up there with Noah and Nate. It's like, you have to have that element when it's like SpongeBob's not enough. Like the characters popping up doing, doing the game is not enough, but I get what you're saying that on a CBS broadcast where there's not a slime cannon, there's not like a devil's ears and fire coming, not come coming out of Mike McCarthy's head after he lost. It's like, it's straight the game. You know what I'm saying? It's straight dead air at points where they're trying to figure out what's going on. She has to get in there and say, this is what's happening. They have to have an understanding of the rules, which I will talk about coming up next. Because broadcasting actually helped me understand what I thought was initially something bad happened to the Cowboys. So it's like, I, I, I would definitely think like a referee's corner broadcast. Because let me tell you, I would be in there. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, we don't want that. 
We don't Tim, oh, after okay. Tim Donahue. We don't want that. I, I I just let you know after Tim not Tim Donahue ruined that for everybody. We we we're not getting that. But we we might. I, I'm not, I'm not going to underestimate what any of these networks are do because they're trying to figure out how can we make the game better. But what they have done is that you see they have the rules analysts and you have Steve Javi that pops up with the NBA and then I think TNT because they're because they're very tied in with, with the NBA as an organization like 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 with Adam Silver and them they and they 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 partner to, to do NBA TV. Um, they have, I think, like the actual people in Secaucus that are like the referees that actually are looking at the play. Like if it's like like a fight or is it, if it's like, you know, like like a flagrant two, they'll toss to Secaucus and they'll break down what they're looking at. So they're, they're integrating that in more. And honestly, I do believe that that does make the game better. Once again, going going back going back to basketball for me because that we're going to talk about the Cowboys incident. But going back to basketball, that 2018 NBA Finals game one with your fellow North Carolina A&T Aggie, J.R. Um, 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 Smith, all right? And that shot he took. He almost didn't take that shot because they called, because at first they called a blocking foul on Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant urged them to review it. They reviewed it, and they called a charge. Well, they should not have called a charge. They bring in Steve Javi. Steve Javi makes us all mad because Steve Javi's upholding what the referee is saying, saying that, well, they saw there was a charge, so they can they can overturn the call on the floor. It, 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 it made the storyline, and it made me more hyped to see what happened, and it gave me more of like it's not Jeff Van Gundy speculating; it's someone that actually refereed this game, saying that hey, this is what's going on. So it it, it made it made the experience better, you know. So I think that that could pop be a possibility. But back to your point, as we move on. I definitely see exactly where you're coming from. Um, and I wanted to speculate. Can I freely speculate on why I think the NFL doesn't doesn't do what they need to do as far as with black women and women in representation? It's because the NFL has a conservative mindset. And oh my gosh, they, 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 these people, they're going to come for me, man. They're going to come for me. But it's just the truth. It is a conservative mindset. And you know, with very conservative mindset, it is a very odd way they look at women. Like, you know, it's very, it's a very always, especially, especially women that don't fit their ideologies and their beliefs. It's a very odd way to look at it. I don't cook and clean and wash everything so that way the yep. men can pay the bills. No, we don't want to do that anymore. We don't want to be in the house anymore. We want, and the, imagine all the men we losing. All y'all do want to play games. So when we want to join the game, I'm just, I'm confused why you, why you don't. You don't want me there. I'm just like I'm trying to be in your habitat. I'm trying to, you know, find a connection, but you don't want to connect. I'm so confused. What else do you want me to do? Right. And, like, and you said, say what y'all want about the NBA because yeah, these Raiders are looking really nice for the NFL that we talked about. But y'all will see a, a. And I thought about this before this broadcast. I thought about this this morning. You're going to see in the NBA probably the next, I would say, probably two years, maybe even next year. You're going to see a woman that is a head coach. You're going to see that in in, in the NBA. Before you see it in the NFL, you're your gut because you have assistant coaches. Well, the, the NFL did crack their first offensive practice coach. I think she's. Um, we talking about she's... practice, not the game. <laughs> Shout not out to Allison. We talking about practice, not the game, but she is, she is on that field during practice. Like I'm saying, the, the NFL is never going to budge. I just thought I I forgot. First of all, this man went to our school. I wonder, um, wonder how he's doing. Wonder how his semester is going. You know, they just went back into operations because of the snow. So you know, I hope yeah, I hope uh, Jr. Smith's doing all right. Oh, oh, that, oh, math is getting him. Like, like, Matt, like he he put out a tweet. We put it on, on HBCU Pulse, and Matt and math is all uh, math is is getting to him. 
And 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 it's like Jr. Bro, brother, we feel you, brother. Like I I know I know exactly what you're going through because yeah. math was never my strong suit. I will never forget. Okay, when 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 I was when I was in uh, when I was in tenth grade, I had this horrible math teacher, and like. I, I dead thought I was going to repeat 10th grade. And I was so smart. I was good at everything else. I thought, boy, summer school is for me. But I passed legitimately with, like, what I passed. So I passed with, like, a 71. If I missed one question, oh, my God. I, I'd be graduating class 2020, boy. Tell you, boy. Like, like that woman. Yeah, passes together, passes together. If you can read between the lines, you know what I'm saying. It, it's so funny just to see, like, Dang, I graduated before J.R. Smith. Like he's going through what I went through. This is kind of awkward. And then, <laughs> and then live tweeting about it. But I listen. I got like, like I, I, I got I got to bring this in. Alan Iverson, we talking about practice? I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. We talking about practice, not the practice, practice squad. Not not the not the practice squad. We need someone to coach coach the actual game. We need, we, we, we need, we need a, we talking about practice. Come on. Now, not the game, not the game. Okay. We're talking about practice, the practice, practice squad, the offensive practice, not even the defense. Just, just like, listen, when it's time for defense drills, listen, go, go, go on, go on and drive on. All right. You know, like, geez, convert conservative yeah. mindset in the NFL. But we know this though. Let's talk about controversial plays. Let's get down to the game. So, um, the games were not all that interesting except for the Cowboys and the Dude, that they were terrible besides the Cowboys. They were terrible. They, they, they were. You're right. So let's talk about some controversial plays. So the Bengals get a touchdown, right? So they got a touchdown, but the whistle was blown inadvertently before um, the Bengals player touched the ball in the end zone. And it was, it was sort of like very skeptical, like what was going on. It was sort of sketchy because it was the thing about, okay, did, did, did Joe Burrow step out of bounds? So we thought that that was the reason why it was a whistle because he thought he stepped out of bounds. But we saw the replay. He did not step out of bounds. He released the ball before he went out and then threw it in for a touchdown. But because it was an inadvertent whistle, like the rules suggest that if it's an inadvertent whistle, you replay the down. But they did not do this. They they said it was a touchdown. A lot of Raiders fans, which I know Ario has no sympathy for, a lot of Raiders fans were very upset. So I want to ask you two questions, Ario. Did the referee get this wrong? And should there have been a replay of the down? Um, yes and yes. So I'm going to blow your mind here as well, too. Not only was it about him, about Joe Burrow being out of bounds, it was also was any part of his body with the ball was out of bounds. So um, looking at it, it seems like Joe Burrow throws with his right hand. So besides him stepping, if any part of that ball when his right hand was out of bounds, they would have had to replay the down. That ball's out of bounds, is out of play. However, that and his whole body. Now, if his right leg was out of bounds, but the, his arm and the ball was still in bounds, he is still able to play and throw that ball. So if nothing was out of, if it could literally be like three fourths of his body, if his head and that throwing arm, that ball is still in bounds, the play is good to go. If not, then they should have threw it back. So that was one of the things that the coach and the referees were looking at as well. Also, what was the main controversy was the whistleblowing. Once that whistle blows, the play is dead. Like, it can be in the air. It can be caught. If it blows before the play is complete, it's supposed to be dead. And 
there was a lot of talk because it did. And you can hear it on the, you can hear it on certain replays or whatever. And I wish, I think because the Raiders coach was so kind of at first, I think it was kind of the crowd and his other coaches that made him aware that, hey, that was so blue. I think he was more concerned about did Joe Burrow step out of bounds than he was about a whistle. That was kind of like an afterthought in his mind. Because if he would have done the whistle first, that play would have come back. They maybe would have had a closer game. Derek Carr, this is just not me being a hater, but it's just me stating facts, was not playing one of his best games that he could have played. Like, all his play, all the players that he wanted to use, especially Darren Waller, which is his amazing tight end that scored him and got him most of the yardage on the field, was being blocked left to right. Crosby did what he had to do on defense. There was really nothing else that the Raiders could have done besides outplay Joe Burrow. But you have Joe Burrow coming off a really great game. So I don't know. You know, people with good momentum, I don't know how you're going to beat them. But that play should have been blown dead. And the rest made me so mad this weekend. Like, you really destroyed a play. Like, you destroyed a play that they did not deserve, that touchdown they did not deserve. And you didn't even replay it and look over it. But they couldn't. They couldn't go back, and that's the thing with um, some of the plays. Once you call it, it's kind of like a double jeopardy. You have to choose what you're going to charge somebody with, but you can't charge them twice. So since we decided to look over if he was out of bounds, I can't go back and double penalize Joe Burrow by trying to go look at the whistle. Once the play is called from New York, once we settle it, that's it. If we catch it after, oh, well. like We, we can't go back. You can't challenge it anymore. We got to continue the play. So – and I think you said it within your explanation. So do you think that this affected the game? Because the Bengals were leading 13-6, to six, and it was a minute 51 left in the second quarter. It was a two-minute drill. So do you think that possibly the Raiders would have had a better chance in this game had that whistle been blown dead, and maybe they hold them for a field goal, make it 16-6, going into the third quarter? Or do you think that it didn't really matter? And then that so in really my matter. head, I was sitting here like, no, they probably would have scored anyway. But just having that chance, because we've seen a lot of games um, – kind of reminded me of the Seattle game, a little bit of the Raiders' first game with the Ravens. When you call a timeout, it just rattles teams for some odd reason. They lose that momentum. So I, I just thinking about it, yeah, they probably could have held them for a field goal. They probably could have – they maybe could have stopped the player. Maybe it could have been like a wonder and an interception in the end zone. But I feel like Joe Burr was going to make it anyway. But it definitely would have changed the way the game went. The refs, like I said, just messed up. Two good games this weekend. <sighs> Welcome to how I feel about referees because while NBA referees have sort of been doing better, like I said, going back to your fellow Aggie, J.R. Smith, like I wonder what would have happened if that play with J.R. Smith never happened and LeBron got that charge call. I, I'm, I'm just saying, like could have been 1-0 Cleveland going, going back to Golden State. They're rattled. They were not all that together. I'm not saying that the Cavaliers would have won but it definitely wouldn't have been a sweep because LeBron played out his mind. So that when I think about referees, I, my mind always goes back to that. So let's get to the play I really want to talk about. So the referee got in the way of Dak Prescott as he attempted to spike the ball, and when he threw it down, the game was over. They ruled the game over. Cowboys fans are throwing stuff at the field. Dak Prescott was like was condoning it, but he apologized, which he was it was in the moment. He was disappointed, but he, he apologized. But basically, the rule as it's explained, and this is what the where the broadcast really helped me out on the on Nickelodeon broadcast. They I think they semi broke it down, but 
I think I was so excited about just the wild finish went over my head. But when I went back and watched the CBS broadcast, Romo broke it down. So by rule, the umpire has to touch the ball before it's snapped. So with no time remaining on the clock, basically, that Prescott spiked it. And the reason why that umpire was running to like to to, to him and trying to get the ball is because he has to touch it. And Dak Prescott, what, what, what people are saying is that Dak Prescott should have given the ball to the umpire immediately. And we've seen that happen before. Should give it to the umpire immediately. He touched the ball, respots it, boom, you spike it, go for that last shot. Or a lot of folks say that possibly if you know you don't have time, line up, snap the ball immediately, and go for a play. Just go for the Hail Mary. Just forget the respot on the ball. Just, hey, one, and, and go get it. So, when I first saw what was going on, Ariel, I thought that the Cowboys were screwed over. They were done dirty. But when it was explained to me, and when I looked at the analysis of it from the guys immediately on NBC and CBS, and I did my research, and I heard all my folks on TV talking about it, I was like, they were not done wrong. The 49ers almost choked that game away. And I think Trey Lance should have played, but that's neither here nor there, because Garoppolo did pretty good at first. But they weren't screwed over. But I think you have another opinion on that. So what, what do you think about this call? And do you think the Cowboys were done wrong? They were definitely screwed over. Oh, like, my God. I, I, <laughs> I stand at it. They were definitely screwed over. I'm not saying, you know, I wanted, like, the Cowboys to win. It would have been nice, you know, they were having the Cinderella season as well themselves. Um, with Dak Prescott being bad, you had Ezekiel Elliott back, who kind of went down during the middle of the season, came back postseason. You had a great defensive coach. Um, I'll give I'll give Dan Quinn that. Dan Quinn is a great defensive coach. You had a great defensive coach. You had a great defense, one of the top defenses in the NFL. And you were robbed of a chance to take it to overtime. Because let's remind our audience, they did the rest did this twice. The first time they tried to line up and the rest were still trying to place the ball and spot the ball and make sure they touched the ball before the game could be in play. It was a call of, um, dang, my mind just went blank. Delay of game. They had a delay of game the first time. So then that sent them back five yards. Then they got held on the fourth down and they had to punt it away. Now you have this time, it's about nine, ten seconds left. You're trying to hurry up and spike the ball, and the ref is still in the way. The refs have been in the way that whole game. The ref was in the way of that delay of game, and the refs were certainly in that way and couldn't move fast enough or back up fast enough for Dak to actually spike the ball. So, yes, I, even though the rule – we well, I know the rules, and the rule clearly states that, yes, the ref has to be able to place it, he has to be able to spot it, it has to be correct, and he has to touch it for any – other play to happen and necessarily for also the shot clock to happen. Um, I feel like that actually played to the fact that the play clock should have been started actually a little, probably like a second later after the ref left, not during while he was trying to place and trying to do everything. That was kind of a factor because once that was, once it was ended, it was over. They were cheated. Um, and I think the refs need to do a little bit better when it comes to, when you're trying to set the game, when players are trying to play, like we all know they're going to be somewhat in the way or they have to be in the midst of the game, but you also have to be aware and provide some type of fairness when it comes to games on the line like this, because that was their season. And regardless of how the real state, it wasn't fair. So I want to read this from um, NFL rules analyst, Mike, Mike Perea, who was on the Rich Eisen show 
Great show, by yeah. the way. He's 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 amazing. Um, he said, I think the officiating crew worked their butts off to get to the spot, he explained. But one thing to me, when you're in such a hurry up like that, don't worry about putting the ball back a yard. Just touch the ball and get it out of there. If you want to adjust it, if there's time left, then put it back a yard. And he goes on to say, I think mechanically it could have been handled a little bit better. That is from the Rich Eisen show. It is on YouTube. I'm definitely going to be watching that because uh, I definitely want to hear what he has to say as a rules analyst. But it's the rules, to be honest. Like, like the umpire has to touch the ball. Um, I think that is it was sort of mismanagement on that play. Um, and I look at that press cut because I understand him running it in for better field position. I, I definitely understand that. And then you had um, McCarthy that was like, would you rather have thrown the ball right there? Or would you rather try to get closer? Like, you know, like I, I definitely understand that strategically. And they, did, I think they did well. I doing like a little mini two-minute drill trying to get it down the field and getting out of bounds. I think that that was good. But the letter of the law, all right, it, 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 it says that the umpire has to touch the ball and you should have tried your best to give it to the umpire. But it was messy. It, it was. It made for good television. It was good live television. But it was messy, but I do not think anymore. I thought for a second. But I do not think anymore that the Cowboys were screwed over. And my dad said this as we were watching the game. The Cowboys should have done better from the jump, and then they never would have had to have gotten in that situation because the Cowboys were the higher-seeded team. Like, man, that, that stadium was packed. Like they, like, they had home field advantage for real. It never should have gone to that. But we'll just agree to disagree, but I understand where you're coming from. And I, I definitely un- understand that. But I mean, like, I, I agree with the mechanics of it. Yeah, you, you took too long to place the ball. Why does why does he even matter? And I mean, like, yeah, the, of course, the Cowboys got outplayed by team that didn't even have their record nor the type of team that they have. Like, come on now, like it's the Forty ers the Forty ers huh. and Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I mean, they're not trash, but they're not on the level that you are. So yeah, you should have played better. However, I just have a little for right now bias and animosity because this happened earlier in the game. You were in the way and caught a 40-second delay that caused the punt that they could have came back off of. So for you to do it again and try to place the ball, try to be accurate, and then you did the play clock, the play clock was off as well, and then they couldn't get the ball up, I would still feel a little screwed, regardless of what it is or what it's not. And then it's also on the coaches, like, Kind of poor management. You had no timeouts, I'm assuming, so you couldn't stop the clock regardless. And your opponents are not going to stop the clock if they had any timeouts. So there was nothing that you could really do. Uh, there's so much stuff that could have happened, but what should have happened was the ref should have placed the ball and let them play. Football is very interesting because football, I think sports is like this as well, but football is one of those sports where it doesn't matter the year that you've had. Like the Cardinals and the Cowboys are experiencing this. You just suck. Y'all, you lost? Oh, you, y'all suck. That Prescott's overpaid. And oh, oh, you Kyler Murray's never gonna win. You can never win with Kyler Murray. But he was there, they were just undefeated. He was just like killing it. Like he was the dual third quarterback that can happen. Like that Prescott out that injury came back and was killing it. Like it's Man, like if you don't do what I'm paying you for, you suck. You know how many contracts they had a great yeah. the cap salaries that happened? I just don't I, like like with sports fans and and I see it more with the NFL. Than, than other sports, but it's like you had a great season. You you had a home playoff game. It didn't go your way. Blame the officials. But why are you trying to fire Mike McCarthy after his first year? He takes you to the playoffs. Like, like and you had a high seed. Like, I just, 
That's that's what I don't I just don't understand that because if if my business if if if, the, if this year Pulse grossed a million dollars but I wanted to gross ten million, I'm not gonna be mad about it. I grossed a million dollars. I'm not gonna be mad. I'm gonna be like, okay, that's that's great. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna look at what I did this year. I'm gonna retool. I'm gonna acquire some different some maybe some new people, and then we gonna run it back and get that ten million. Th- that's what business is. So I don't understand how. Okay, the Cowboys go to the playoffs. Mike McCarthy did serviceable at the very least. Oh, he sucks. Fire him. Dak Prescott shouldn't have got that money. Why are we as sports fans? And I put myself in that box too. Why are we so reactionary? It, it, it makes no sense to me. What, what do you expect for your team to go to, to the Super Bowl every year? It's 32 teams in the, in, in the NFL. Every team goes to the NFL to, to, to the Super Bowl. They, they, everybody going to SoFi Stadium. No, no. But that's like what you. But that's like what you're saying when you were talking to me about the Falcons. Would you rather have the Falcons be in the playoffs or lose, or not even make it to the playoffs but still have a good season and lose? And that's what I'm saying. Like, just. I'd rather you well to me I don't I don't believe in firing Mike McCarthy. That's trash. But also you're about to get rid of your defensive coach. Your defensive coach, Dan Quinn, is looking at being a head coach again, which could be his last chance uh-huh. to be a head coach and actually make something good out of it. Not saying that he can't do it, but if he doesn't do this well, that's it for him. He's gonna be a defensive coach, defensive head coordinator forever. But if I pay you and I break salary cap and I bring you all these good players and you built your team. And regardless, this is Dex kind of this is his first year back. He's had a terrible, he has a terrible offseason. Like one of the worst offseasons to have an injury and for all the stuff that happens to you in the world. His offseason was terrible. I don't know what I don't know about anybody else. But just just for me, it was it's already been a premeditated thing in the NFL. We're firing head coaches this year. There are about four or five new beginning head coaches that are done. They're not there with their team anymore, including the Bears, I think the Vikings, um, and like uh, the um, the Jaguars, and probably one or two other teams. It gives room. If we're doing that, we want to start over and have a better offseason. Why not fire uh, McCarthy? Because nobody's really going to look at their head. People are already seeing that we're firing people because we want to be better. But at the same time, it goes to what you're asking me. Well, we have these certain cases. They did make the wild card game. They did have they were in a high seed when they finished the season. It doesn't give you room for you to fire somebody. But if you chose my answer, it was like, I right, well, if you chose my answer, I'd rather for you make the playoffs, blah, 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 then you understand that we're not going to fire Mike McCarthy. But if it's like you, I'd rather you lose and not make the playoffs, then it's like, well, what was the point of you being in the wild card position if you're just going to lose anyway? All I know is that it's two things. It's zero to one hundred, real quick. Jesus Christ! And also that Dan Quinn conversation we're probably gonna have in a couple weeks when he gets the head coaching job somewhere. Maybe maybe the Broncos or somewhere. It's gonna be so interesting. I'm, I'm gonna be so ready for the level of toxicity that you're gonna bring in the 2022. We talk about Dan Quinn. I'm 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 so ready for that. All right, so let's 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 get through this really quickly. So Buddha Baker in the Monday Night Football game. Oh man, this is so gruesome. Um, Sam Akers was was trying to run in uh, for the score. Buda Baker tried to tackle him and he lunged head first. Um, and he hit his head or his neck on Buda Baker. I think his like his leg. And he immediately was out. We all thought the worst. We thought he was paralyzed. That was a demoralizing hit. Sam Akers sort of taunts him a bit, but I don't think he realized that 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 hey, that was going on and that he was down like that. And it, it was that bad of an injury. Um, and then they were trying to say that he was mouthing, oh, 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 he's paralyzed. I don't give a bleep. He, that was not true. Someone said they were going to beat his bleep. 
I'm trying not to cuss. Okay, they, they, like they're trying to they, they're trying to say they're gonna beat him up, and then he said, "Oh, oh, you gonna beat me? Like, like I don't, I don't give a f. Like, let's go. You know what I'm saying? That, that was what was being said. Like, people with their narratives is funny because when you really listen to that, he he or, or like look at his lips, he was not saying that. He he was not saying all oh, that man's paralyzed because first and foremost, you think that if if the offense is the, the defense is on the field, right for for the Cardinals, you think JJ Watt and them are gonna let that man say that with a teammate on the ground? You you really think that you, you think it would not have been a fight if that man was that flagrant? Come on, like 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 let, let, let's be ready. And, and and this is football. If this was basketball, I, I'll let you live because when Jokic had, had had hit Morris and then you had Jimmy Butler all, all them out that they didn't do anything and then Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler's over there tripping from the sidelines when 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 when, when Jokic gets ejected. Okay, that's one thing. This is football. Football is inherently physical. And then the Cardinals aren't even going to win. They're not even going to win. Like, they're going home. So it's like, why not fight? Like, 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 I, like, like I'll punch somebody just because. I'm like, I, like I'll, I'll be like, boom. Oh, I'm sorry. Because this is a malice in the palace, and we're not trying to be fine, or we're not trying to not They be got the husband. money. They, you're going home. You're going You're going back to Arizona, okay? Go, go go to a Suns game, all right? But listen, pay that fine and go to a Suns game. Enjoy your rich life, okay? And stay safe from COVID at this point. I'm, I'm like, because if he had said that, we, we, we fighting. Especially, especially, I got JJ Waddle, bro. I got JJ. Waddle. I'm like JJ. Let's get him. Like get him. That is a big dude. Like <laughs> him and his brothers, man. Like that, I wouldn't even try to pick a fight. Like that. That's a that's a huge dude, bro. Well, I, that's a huge dude. But that that's like that. That's that. You you bring up the point exactly. Like if he had said something disrespectful to uh to to, to Buddha Baker, I, I I just don't think that it would have been peaceful. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like, it wouldn't have been hands thrown because it's adrenaline. Well, you got all that. a head on the other side anyway. You got OBJ, so like he want to let that go down regardless. But but, at, but at, at the same time, that's like you fighting for 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 your family member, and then and then it's like you fight for him behind closed doors. You like man, you really you really got us in there. Like you shouldn't have done. It. It's, it's like it, it's like in private I'm gonna check you, but in public I'm riding for you. Because because I feel like OBJ would have been like, bro, you shouldn't have done that. If, if, if that really was a thing. You know what I'm saying? Because because I, I feel like you're gonna ride for whatever, but it's like if he really did that. But that's speculation. He did not do that. But really quickly before we get to our predictions, um, do you think he was taunting? I don't think he was taunting. Do you think he was taunting? It was taunting, but I don't think it was intentional taunting because I do agree he's not like as a player. You're not aware of what's going on. You're aware of the game. So I just made another first down on you close to a touchdown. We're about to go up three scores. And I'm just sitting here like, like when you see in the replay, and of course when it's played slower, helmet to helmet contact. So no, he shouldn't, it wasn't on purpose. Um, Sam was definitely, Sam Akers, I'm not going to be like that little girl. I'm not going to be disrespectful. Oh. Sam Akers was definitely trying to drop his shoulder. He was not trying to hit him in the head. They just collided in that way. And so after you see that, but you see it so fast, you're just thinking that, okay, you know what? Buddha Baker, he's cool. He happy. He turns around. He's just thinking he's about to get up. He didn't know that once he taunted him and walked away, this man is stuck. Like, he's not – well, he was moving his hands, but I think it was kind of more of like a – like a post reaction to just being hit. Fencing. Like they, they, they call that they call that a fencing response. Like when you get hit, your hand sort of flies up like that. You know what I mean? So like Yes. So he's he's not aware that like, oh, this is what's happening. Cause the only call that they did call was a holding call, which was also on the defense. So it's kind of like, ah, well, um, this well, actually the holding call was on the offense, the holding call was on the Rams, but they still scored. But it was just like 
there was so much you couldn't you couldn't call for the ejection you couldn't call for um per, personal foul that he was trying to him with helmet that was not was what happened when you broke it out so i do understand that play and i'm glad they didn't call that because that would have been wrong by the rest and it would have been another thing that we would have had something to talk about today but the taunting call i definitely felt like that should have stand like you can't if you can't justify that, okay, just because he's in the game and his adrenaline is running, that doesn't mean what he did is what he did. Because that means you should never call the taunting call on Matt Ryan. You should never done the taunting call on the Buccaneers, one of their defensive linemen early in the season. The, the, the taunting call just should never stand, period, on any of the games that you called it for if you're not going to call it for Buda Baker just because he was unaware of what the situation was called. And then you definitely should have done the sportsmanlike conduct when they – even though they turned away, they went to commercial. We still know there was about to be a fight on the field. It should have been a sportsmanlike kind of flag throwing everywhere. But all you want to do is call a flag for holding. That that's actually kind of poor refereeing for me on that game. No, I get it. Now, I want to say that this has nothing, nothing really to do with football directly, but with how TV is, TV makes you want to be either a doctor or a lawyer. I'm telling you, like, just like, like, but like when it's like the, how they are the legal shows, like I'm watching power book two and it's getting real legal. And then like, when you look at like football and like the hits and all of that, and then like, you look up like, why does hand fly up like that? He's like, man, that's a fencing response. If it's like a, a head injury or a brain injury, your hand just inadvertently flies up and you lie a certain way. And it's like, man, it makes you want to be like a doctor or, or, or like a lawyer. So me- media is powerful. We, and, and we know that we talk about that for half the show. You know what I'm saying? Cause I mean, like there's more money in it than, Honestly, what we're trying to do, but hey, you, you said the choir part out loud. Jesus, oh my God, you are you are <laughs> God. Like, 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 go be a doctor, kids. Don't be a journalist. <laughs> like, no, be a journalist. Change the narrative. Put more black people in the space. It's just you man, know, man. Listen, this season has just been crazy. Like, like, at, like at, at this point, you have robots commentating at this point. Like, like, oh, that is a foul. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Did you see that? Like, and a lot, of folks, a lot of folks feel like that, that's better than Tony Romo. Like, that's still better than Tony Romo. Y'all get off my man's home, Get off Tony Romo. For sure. But, okay, so let's get to the NFL divisional round. So, Saturday, we have Bengals and Titans. Who you got? Woo! Oh, man. This is gonna be good. I might stick on the Joe Burrow train. I'm kind of scared, but I'm gonna go for it. I think the Bengals win this one. Uh, the Titans are gonna make it interesting though. And if that boy Julio Jones plays, the toxicity from Falcons fans, including my brother, is gonna be so amazing. 49ers versus the Packers. And oh, wait, 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 one more thing. If 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 the, if the running back Derrick Henry plays for the Titans, that might change things up a bit. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I, he is back though. I, I think, think he is back. If he's back, I, that that's that's a toss up game. But 49ers, Packers, who you got? Oh, Packers. Definitely. Jimmy's not coming out of this one. Definitely. Jimmy is not coming out of this one. You sure? I'm positive. I think the Packers, too, because I, I, I want to maintain my Super Bowl pick. But if, I, if I'm wrong, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, so Sunday, Rams, Buccaneers. Oh, this is going to be a good game. Who you got? I don't. I'm tired of people coming for me. In my opinions, are you coming for me too? But I really want to say the Rams because the Bucks yes. had to make do what they had to make do on the field. They are out of options. And like how I was telling you, Tom Brady is what Bryce Young should have been. When you don't have any weapons or you're running out of people, you're just doing it because you're the GOAT. You make plays. But I don't know if Tom has any more cards to pull out his sleeve. This is kind of – I feel bad saying it. It's Tom Brady, but I think the Rams might have it. 
So this is gonna be Tom Brady's like last game, probably. This, this is this is last game. This is his swan song, and he's, he's gonna go out gunslinging. But the Rams' pass rush versus Tom Brady and the janitors he has throwing, he's he's throwing to. <laughs> like, oh, oh my god, like, it's, it's gonna be very bad. And Aaron Donald is gonna have so much fun, and Von Miller's gonna have so much fun <laughs> on this week. I'm telling you, they're gonna have a lot of fun. I, I promise you, like, they, they're so ready for this game. And then they, 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 they beat him early in the year, didn't they? So it's like they're gonna have a lot of fun with, with, with this. I'm telling you, so, I mean, it is on the Bucks' home turf, so you know, there's somewhat of an advantage there, but I don't, I don't know. It's a little crazy in that Buck Stadium, you know. Aaron like, Donald don't care. Aaron Donald gonna bust through that whole defense, and Tom Brady gonna do a QB slide from behind the line of scrimmage. Like, oh, he gonna he gonna slide, dude. Like, like, like that man, that man gonna do the Cupid shuffle, Tootsie slide, all of that. When you see Aaron Donald, I'm gonna come this way. That's all I'm gonna say. Rams for the win. All right. So Bills and Chiefs. I believe this is the Pulse Sports game of the weekend. Who you got? Oh, definitely. Who you got? Oh. You see the silence. Oh, silence. Don't let the music speak for me. Um, Chiefs? Chiefs. So you think you so you think the Chiefs? Possibly, yeah. I, 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 I'm i definitely choosing the Chiefs. I, I'll go down with my pick because I, I definitely want the Packers and the Chiefs in um, the Super Bowl. Um, however, um, I think the Bills have a shot. Like the way that Josh Allen can scramble and play make. I think is is something else. Like so, I, you I think. You got two good quarterbacks going head to head. You know, it's yeah, but the quarterbacks make the team right now. Yeah, and 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 I think they, I think because because Patrick Mahomes scrambles well too, and he he, he passes well I, 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 when he scrambles. But Josh Allen can make plays with his legs. Like he, he can make plays. He's he's a tall dude, hard hard to tackle. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just I don't know. It really depends on that defense. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it depends on what the Chiefs do with him but like this is gonna be probably the game of the playoffs this might this really no i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say that i was gonna say that this might determine who wins the super bowl i'm not gonna say that because the Packers are on the other side but like this going this is gonna determine who wins the afc for sure like well i mean if, and it also depends on if trayron Diggs played he had that thumb finger injury during the bills game. i mean not that it really mattered against the patriots but like if he's not going to play as much that's also a deciding factor as well no, I feel that. No, I feel that. So, I, I'm gonna say the Chiefs because I'm going down with my pick. Um, but I'm probably, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I think I get one of these wrong. I think I think it's a toss up between the Titans and the Bengals and the Rams and the Buccaneers. I think we get because I think we we pick the same ones. We, we we get one of these wrong. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but we'll, one we'll, of these is gonna be wrong. Well, I think the Bengals is gonna be correct. I think the okay. Rams is a toss up for me. All right, like, like Tom Brady get tossed up. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> He's gonna get tossed in the air. That's what's gonna happen. Tossed on the ground. Anyway, <laughs> like, all right, yo, where can we find you on social media? You can definitely find me on Twitter at askreery underscore underscore the unaxed opinion, where I give my opinion. Nobody expert will be back in February. Pulse Radio 100 on everything except YouTube is just Pulse Radio. And we got to go on and go. We'll see you on the other side. See you later. You're listening to Pulse Radio. (laughs) 